Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, well, we've been uh, lucky to be joined by a man who's normally in France, but he's up in Bali at the moment getting some rays. Matthew Ridge. And we know Matthew only too well. Play with Manly Warriors, uh, Manly and the Warriors, which is the big game this Friday night. Richie, how are you going, mate? How's the sun up there? Oh, it's, it's pretty good. The sun's pretty good in France too. So, no, enjoying it. Uh, it's been a bit of time with Brent Todd, my old mate, which was uh, really nice. I haven't seen him for ages with the, you know, the COVID and all that sort of rubbish. I think it's about five years since I last saw him. So we've both aged a lot, but uh, we had plenty of fun. It was cool. Oh, of course, you and Toddy, mate. I wish you should have told me I would come up there, the trio, back back in town. <laughs> Look out. Hey, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. mate, we got that game this weekend, and we'll talk a little bit about Ando at the moment. But can you take us back to when you um, played for Manly, mate, and what, what it was like, you know, coming out of the All Blacks and, and getting into that Manly side and, and just that, uh, that affinity with New Zealand and Manly over the years? Yeah, it was... Um Jeez, it's just so long ago now. It hardly feels like it. Uh, you know, that was part of my life. It's funny how life just moves on so quickly. But, but I, I just had a tremendous time. I was, I was really lucky that I went to a, you know, a high-profile club with, you know, obviously a high-profile coach in Graham Lowe. And we had, I think at that stage, with Tony Iro, Kevin Iro came along. There was Daryl Williams. We had a, um, a really solid, um, you know, Kiwi intimus, I guess. Um, so I came into the team. I was, I was, I was very lucky to have, you know, I guess to be able to kick goals because it, it took me quite a while to learn the game, I suppose. So, um, and, and that kept me in there. But I, I was just very, very fortunate to to go, like I say, to you know a, a top tier club, and uh, and to be playing with top tier players. Otherwise, you know, it would have been a it would have been a tough battle for me, I think. Matthew, you went uh, to, to to league to to Manly. Uh, around the same time, I think you were the first one to go, and then Halligan went, and then John Gallagher went as well. And of course, you've sort of been kept out of the ABs uh, for a little bit by a That's couple right. of those guys. Mate, was there any any oh, when you look back and you you saw those guys leaving and going to league as well, going bloody hell, I should have stuck around. Yeah, well, I went first, and then uh, then Kipper um, John Gallagher he signed for Leeds about a week or two afterwards. But I think it actually what well, he released it a week or two afterwards. But I think he, you know, he must have been doing, you know, obviously talking to him and that sort of stuff. And when I'd signed, and you know, I went over there and I, all the newspaper interviews that I did, all the interviews that I did was, you know, I wasn't leaving because of Kipper, and I wasn't. I was leaving to play, to play rugby league and to get paid to play. That, that was basically why I was going. I wanted to be a professional athlete, and and I, I didn't see, you know, rugby team professional anytime soon. And, to have the opportunity to, you know, for Graham to ring me and, and, you know, he saw, obviously, 
identified some talent in me and decided, you know, he wanted to take a risk on me and, and obviously paid some money for me. So for me, you know, back then that was, I think it was only 35 grand a year or something like that, I think, my first year, and a couple of grand a game. But like that was just enormous money for me. So, um, you know, like I, I, I sort of took it with both hands and ran with it. And then I remember John Hart ringing me and he said, um, after Kipper had gone, and I hadn't played a game for, for Manly at the stage, it was the week leading up to my first game. And uh, he said, mate, come back, it's not too late. You know, you haven't played, blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, if you played, then you know, I was a professional, so I wouldn't be able to come back, I guess, in those days. But I see, I can remember saying to him, look, mate, I, I, I can't come back. You know, like everything I've said, you know, because I, I didn't go because of Kipper. I just went because I wanted to play, like, and get paid, you know. Well, I wanted to get paid. That, that's why I went. So if I'd have come back, it just, uh, all the stuff that I'd been saying, it would, it would have just made me look like a douchebag. So I, um, and I, I'm glad I didn't, you know, like I, didn't, I never for one, one second thought oh, I'll go back and I, I would have played a test, obviously, or played some test. But I think I, I always wanted to, um, you know, my goal was to always be a professional athlete. Yeah, mate, I'm, I'm glad you didn't go back because I got to meet you and we ended up kicking off a fantastic friendship that's uh, alive today. Hey, Richie, you, you had that wonderful yeah. time at Manly and then, you know, as a player of the Warriors. What, what, what's a, what's the sort of connection when, when that Manly Warriors game comes around for you? Yeah, um, <clears throat> well, I'm, I'm, you know, like, I'll, I'll, because Manly was my first club, but it's, you know, it's the sort of club that's, you know, like, that is, you know, I, I, I hold in my heart, I guess, you know. And, you know, for me, the Warriors was, it was more, um, you know, I don't want to sound cavalier, but it was it was just a financial decision, you know, like the Super League thing was going on. I was uh, in the Super League pool, didn't have a club. The Warriors played over for me to come back to New Zealand. So, you know, it was a financial decision for me. And I was probably, um, you know, I think I was 27. We just we just won a premiership with Manly in 96. Um, so I, was, I, I, I sort of left at my peak, I guess, and then I started getting injuries and all that sort of stuff. So I don't really remember my uh, fondly my time with with the Warriors. Not because the people weren't nice, or the fans weren't amazing. You know, it, it, it was a it was a great atmosphere and all that stuff. But you know, I, I just said I was struggling physically, um, and uh, you know, like we weren't really up to scratch as a club back then either. You know, like we were sort of still feeling our way, and and um, you know, we had some good players, but. You know, it's 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 taken the Warriors a, a long time to you know to, to click as a club. They sort of clicked when you know Ivan was there. We clicked for a little while in 2001, 2002, 2003. You know, then we've you know, and now we're clicking again. By the look of it, I've only seen the play. I saw their first game. I think the first two games, and I was just really, really impressed. The thing that impressed me most about them was their tenacity in defence, and that's where you win and lose premierships. You know, if you're tenacious in defence. And you can hold your line, and you know you, you, that's where you, the buck stops. You know, and, and you know in the past the Warriors, when the Warriors have done well, we've always had good defence. When any team does well, you, you, you have to have good defence before you have anything else. And when we haven't done well, it's when you know, we're not playing for one another. But the guy here, um, Mr. Webster, has obviously got them all singing from the same song sheet. They are really, really committed. You know, they win games when they're playing badly, which is a sign of a really good side. So. Like I say, I haven't seen a lot of them, but I, I, I do see that, you know, I follow the results. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really promising, you know, really, really promising. So let's hope they can, they can keep it up and get it in good shape. 
Mate, there's another redhead um, when you took over the club back in 2000 by the name of Daniel Anderson. They named the stadium Daniel Anderson this weekend um, in, in respect for Daniel and, the, and the, the work that he has to do to get himself right after that tragic um, accident at Christmas time. And of course, it's against Manly, your old teammate. Just take us back to those days when you first signed Ando and, and um, what that actually meant for the club what, and what actually um, got you to sign him in the first place. You know, like, um, we were, you know, really, really fortunate to get a guy of his calibre. You know, I can remember, um, you know, when I came on board um, on the management side of things to, you know, like, to, to get a coach and, you know, just to basically get the back office going, I guess. And, um, you know, we had Mick Watson and, and, and I remember ringing Bozo because we had a few names and I rang Bob Fulton and said, oh, look, you know, what do you think of this guy? And he just... He gave him a big rap, and so that was big. You know, that was good enough for me. But I actually didn't think he was he was going to be as good as he was. Like he was just outstanding. You know, when I interviewed him, and, and he came over, he, he spent a couple of days at home with me. You know, and um, he made me want to play him. You know, so that was you know that was quite telling because you know if, if a coach can make you feel like that, then you know I knew that um, the team would do well under him. And you know they did. I think the first year that uh, that. And they came in, we made the semis for the first time, and then the next year they, they made the grand final. You know, so that speaks volumes um, for the guy's ability, um, his, his character, and, and um, just how he treated everybody. You know, he was just a really good bloke, and um, and uh, you know, it's really I, I think the guys that played under him were really fortunate to be um, taught by him because he he was a guy that he had all the skills, you know, but he, he taught from the um, grassroots up. So, you know, he, he knew how to tackle, he knew how to, um, you know, to teach guys to pass, he knew how to teach guys to line, to run, he, he knew how to devise a game plan. He was just a really, really thorough coach. And none of those guys had had a coach like that before, and that's what we needed. Mm. And he also wasn't a pussy. You know, like, <laughs> you, could call it, you could call a spade a spade. You know, like, if you came in at halftime and, and you weren't playing well, like, the whole stadium in here and ripping into you. And, you know, that, for me, was... Um, you know, he wasn't scared to say what he thought, which was which was pretty bloody good. You've talked about uh, some great coaches there. I mean, obviously, John Hart, from an all-black point of view, you, you mentioned Graham Lowe uh, got you to Manly and Ando now. I mean, you must have picked up stuff from those guys you've taken through life outside of sport as well. What, what do you think the biggest thing is that stuck with you from those guys? Um, that's a good question. Um, you know, I, I think all the best coaches make you feel good. You know, and they um, they've got the ability to put your arm around you. You know, um, not molly coddle you, but and make you want to play for them. You know, um, I, I never wanted to let any of my coaches down. And, you know, I just you know I had so much respect for them. You know, and and I, I think at the start of first is that they get to know you as a person, and they treat you almost like a son. You know. Um, you know, or a family member. And I think when you have that sort of stuff, um, I, I, that's when I think you get that, that, that really tight knit team wanting to, you know, die for one another, you know. Um, and it, it, it's, it's, it's a unique thing to be able to engage with somebody um, on an emotional level, but also to be able to be, be able to step back and be that person's coach and have the technical expertise and the ability to communicate that expertise to a team. Um, you know, it sounds easy, but it's not. 
but um, I think the, the best coaches are the ones, uh, are the guys that have the ability to get close to their players and then have the ability, the technical ability as well, because you can get close to the player and be cool. You know, I just really like that guy, but if you don't have the technical side as well, then you know you have to have the technical side. You know, like um, Lowe was a really good coach, but probably not as technical as um, you know the best in the world. You know, like Lowe was a great coach, but you know, technically, technically wise, he, he wasn't right up there. You know, like, but he was a motivator. And he was the sort of guy that, um, you know, like the State of Oregon or tennis matches or anything like that, what a great coach because, you know, like that was, you know, you're not, you're playing, you're coaching players at, at the top of the shore of the game. You don't have to teach them technical stuff, but you have to motivate them, right? Um, and you have to give them a little bit, and that's what his skill was. But I think at a club level, you really have to have the technical expertise as well as the ability to get close to your players. Now, you were the architect of the demise of a lot of defences in your day, mate, with ball in hand, um, and you're doing a show now, which is Monday nights on Prime TV, called Designing Dreams, which is all about architecture. How, how did you go from one to the other? Jeez, well, I, I was just really fortunate that I've done quite a bit of television in my time, and, and um, a guy by the name of Daryl McEwen, I've got a lot of respect for him, and he rang me and asked me if I'd be interested. I was like, oh, you know, like Daryl, it's... Um, been on TV for ages. He said, "No, no, come on, mate. I'd, I'd really like you to do it." So, and um, we ended up getting funding, and um, yeah, it was just it's it's been a really different experience for me because obviously I'm used to doing sports shows or you know, clowning around doing the, you know, like um, Mark and Matthew or all that sort of stuff. Them obviously a wide range of shows, but not a serious show about you know, you know, it's called designing dreams about architecture basically. But it's something that I've I've thoroughly enjoyed, I've really enjoyed meeting the architects, um, spending five, six days with them and, and uh, you know, getting to know what makes them tick and, you know, I, I've, I've uh, picked up some really good friendships along the way, the crew have been really cool, I've just, I've just really enjoyed it, you know, it's been, and I, I'm a lot older now so I'm way more patient, whereas back in the day, um, you know, my patience level was... Uh, was was pretty much non-existent. So I don't think I was the most pleasant man to work with in the television game, that's for sure. But hopefully things have changed there. Well, well, mate, just say, while you're saying that, another great fullback, uh, Izzy Dag, who can't be here because he's too busy doing his own TV show at the moment. He's out there right now, mate. You got any advice for him as a as a you know an older man these days, Richie, and this young thirty five year old Izzy Dag there getting into TV? What's he doing? Oh, mate, some I think it's some. Uh, eating food and travel show with Beaver, would you believe? Oh, good on him. Oh, I, I think that the, the only piece of advice I can give you is just be yourself. You know, that's that's the thing. Like the camera doesn't lie. You know, so if you if you're trying to be something you're not, it, it sort of picks up on it, right? But um, well, I was given a really good piece of advice by um, a lady called Julie Christie, who's, who's uh, you know um, been in the television game for years and years and years. And she always said to me, Matthew, just, you know, when you're looking down the camera, just treat the camera like your friend. And that was the best bit of advice because, you know, when you do that, you just feel like you're talking to somebody else, you know, or you're talking to one of your mates. Because, you know, like it is it is quite difficult, you know, when people get a camera stubbed in face, a lot of people freeze and all that sort of stuff. But if you look at it like that, it's like, that's just my mate on the other end. Um, it's, just, it's just really easy. But I'd imagine Israel, he's... Uh, he, he doesn't. He doesn't lack confidence. So I'm pretty sure he'll, um, he'll nail it. 
No, I've been I've been lucky enough to know you both, mate, and uh, you know me, um, Reggie. I'll call it as it is, and it is he's pretty well sticks to the same mantra as you do, mate. Just before we let you go, um, like I said, you know it's a big week for Ando, and uh, you know we're all we're all pulling for him to get through um, his challenges at the moment. Have you got a message for Ando? Because I'm pretty sure he'll be listening to this. Oh, mate, I just like it. I just, you know, mate, all I can say is you're one tough cookie and uh, you've always been um, a man that I've held in the highest regard and your integrity has never been questioned. You're you're just a top bloke, mate. And, you know, it's, it's really unfortunate what's happened. But if anybody can get through it, mate, you can. And we're all pulling for you, mate. That's for sure. Matthew, thanks very much for your time, mate, especially uh, given you're on holiday up in Bali. We really appreciate it. Best of luck with the show, Designing Dreams, Monday nights on Prime TV as well, eh? Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. It was nice talking.